Welcome to The Policy Shop, weekly conversations with public policy experts where we'll dive into the most important issues affecting all of us here in Illinois. I'm Hillary Gowans. Let's get started. Joining me today is Jim Long, Vice President of Government Affairs at the Illinois Policy Institute. We're less than a week away from the primary election here in Illinois, and one thing driving voter turnout is the ability to vote by mail. Jim will fill us in on this topic and talk more broadly about the importance of voter participation. Jim, thanks for joining me today. It is so great to be here. This is your first time on the policy shop. Oh, we're so glad to to have you. I know. So you and I have worked together for how many years do you think? Uh, nine. Nine years. Coming up on nine for me. Yeah. Right. And I think the whole time. Yes. So what are you doing here these days as VP of Government Affairs? I, uh, well, I run our, poli- our legislative agenda shop, our lobbying shop. So I'm in Springfield uh, when they're in session and trying to pass all the great ideas and, and bills that uh, our research and policy team come up with. So me and my team are the ones who are actually meeting with legislators face to face and uh, convincing them that our ideas are best and, you know, getting votes to back it up and make them into law. You have pretty thick skin, I know. You have to. You have to, especially uh, being with, uh, you know, good government, you know, policy issues and smaller government things. Uh, Politicians by nature, you know, often don't want that stuff. So, um, but we've had very good success. We have uh, all of our bills are bipartisan. Um, most of our bills are filed by Democrats. Um, I think there are still a lot of great lawmakers out there who represent their constituents and want good government, and they themselves, you know, want lower property taxes and things. We just have to get a majority of them to believe that, and um, and a government that goes along with it without you know running away from us. Well, I admire what you do. I don't think I could do it. So thank you. Well, thank you. Um, So it's been interesting to follow a lot of the work that you're focused on now, because obviously we're out of session. The lawmakers have adjourned um, and we're moving toward this primary election, which um, will take place on June 28th. And, you know, obviously because of our nonprofit status and what we do, we don't focus on politics or elections, but we obviously care about what happens? Because if you've got people who are open to free market policies, it's a lot easier to do things like lower property taxes and fix the pension crisis and all of that. But anyway, one of these pieces of research that I know you and Adam Schuster, our VP of, uh, of public policy here, have looked at is vote by mail, which might seem odd to some people. Right. Um, so tell me about why we're curious about this. Well, vote by mail and, you know, really being the last link uh, and expanding voting itself. I've, I've run for office in the past and um, first was, you know, thinking that, you know, there's a Mr. Smith goes to Washington mentality out there that everybody's doing their, you know, uh, civil duty and voting. It's just not the case. Uh, best case scenario, you, you know, you get 50, 60 percent of people turning out and you throw around. I'll throw out more percentages, but then I'll put in real world terms. So 50, 60 percent. But then you get to next April when you have consolidated elections, which are your mayor, your village board, your park districts. I call it your property tax election, um, school boards. Eighty percent of your school board are being voted on and passed by the people that are going to be elected in the spring of the odd year elections. Um, In those races, uh, I just pulled the data the other day, you know, two years ago, 15, 14, 16 percent turnout. So. Um, 
if you're not voting in those, and if you're the 50% or whatever it is uh, of the people that are turning out for governor and state reps and what's going to be on the June 28th ballot, um, you're allowing other people to make the decisions that you're probably complaining about the most. Um, so when it comes to vote by mail, first we start with got to get people out to vote. And if there are obstacles in their way that prohibit them from turning out on election day, well, then you have vote by uh, you have early vote, which is going on right now. You can go to, you know, send us an email. We'll tell you where to go or go to your local board of elections. Uh, that's every county has. And then lastly, you have vote by mail um, in, in order. But it's an important part because it's a catch all. Um, it's a way for you to secure your ballot ahead of time. You can study who's on the election, who's going to be on uh, in the election. Uh, questions. There might be uh, referendums, maybe amendment questions. Your judges. Most people have no idea what the voting record or the uh, you know the the history of a judge that's on the ballot. They might see the commercials and they get the mailers. They know the top of the ballot stuff, but you can study it. Um, but ultimately, then you can take that ballot, which is your property. It's your commodity. You can go into the uh, early voting booth, exchange it, vote in person if you can do it, if your schedule allows. Or you can go election day if that's your tradition. Exchange your vote by mail ballot and vote in person on election day. If something happens, if it's 7.05 and the polls just closed and you didn't get to any of those cases, you fill out your application, you drop it in the mail, your vote, which is important, counts. So I know a lot of people are really skeptical of vote by mail, particularly conservatives. Um, How do you feel about the idea of mailing in your ballot? And what do you say to people who are on the fence? It's it's they're skeptical because it's been, you know, dismissed and and equated, you know, as fraud, flat out fraud. Uh, In the research and going into this project, we found a couple of things. It's it's not. Uh, I'm not saying, and I, I wouldn't, you know, I'm sure it could happen. Election day votes could be stolen. You know, I've been on an election judge. I've, I've poll watched. I've seen it. There's ways if someone really wanted to do any fraud, they can do it. Um, so it's not, it's not um, uh, restricted to vote by mail or any other method. Um, there's a system out there, ballot tracks, um, and we can possibly put a link at the bottom, that if you choose to get your vote uh, by mail, uh, you fill it out. We have people here in the office using it. And it's like UPS. It tells you when you're, you know, like UPS, your, your package is out for delivery and it tracks you all the way through. You'll get text messages. Your ballot was received by the clerk. It's been counted. You know, it goes through. So there's, you know, safeguards in that um, manner. Um, but I really think that if it was solely about fraud um, by those who could make the who do make the, the the laws, it would be mandatory. Why would there be a choice? The rules are such that it increases voter turnout, and the, as the rules are, um, if you're uh, a fiscally conservative person and you want to elect people that reflect you know your thoughts and the way you want it to be governed, utilize the rules that are in place and 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 just. Uh, and, and use it how they're intended to be. And that's to get people out to vote beyond that 14%, beyond that 40 or 
get more people out to vote. And one thing you were sharing earlier, um, you talked about how in this most recent legislative session, lawmakers passed permanent vote by mail. Mm -hmm. So essentially in your app on your application to get a, a ballot that you can turn in by mail, there's a box, right, that you can check that says, mm -hmm. sign me up for a permanent vote by mail. Right. And that, I guess, mm -hmm. I like to be prepared for things. I like to have options. Sure. So one idea you posed to me was, you know, go ahead, check that box. But again, if you would rather walk in to Village Hall or wherever you vote, you can just hand the ballot exactly. over. Or you, if something happens, your car crashes, your kid gets sick, you can still send in the ballot. You're covering all right? bases. Okay. Exactly. And the permanent vote by mail, it's just a simple, it was, it was kind of snuck in at the end of session. And um, and it's a simple line. If you if you look at any uh, of, of your county clerk's uh, ballot applications, which you have to fill out, there's going to be a little checkbox. That says all ensuing elections until I move, send me a, a, a ballot um, and I don't have to fill this out again. Again, you know, people fill out credit card applications. They do their you know vehicle registration. There's a lot of things we do that if you thought about it could be subject to, to fraud. This is not unique. By getting your ballot and knowing that it's coming and being the, having the ability to track it and trace it and then follow up, uh, um, it really is uh, the best safeguard against um, not voting and missing your opportunity and miss and losing your voice. Um, and again, and, and as you said, if if you're really uncomfortable, keep it in your hand, go in person, hand it over to the election judge. They will give you the opportunity to either you know by the electronic or another ballot. They'll exchange it. They'll give you a same day voting ballot, and you vote and you drop it in the box right there. Yeah, I think the way that you put this earlier, you know, encouraging people with different ways that they can participate right. in the vote. Um, I think that's really important because I've had Adam on here to talk about the fact that, well, you know, J.B. Pritzker has refused to make good on his promise to implement fair maps, which leads to uh, so many elections being uncontested. You know, you go to your polling place and you vote, you go to vote on your state representative, and there's one name that you can pick yes or no. And that's not choice. No. Um, and I, and it, the great thing about this upcoming general is that it seems like we're on track for the most competitive elections in like two decades. Certainly. Um, so I think it's been really exciting to learn more about ways that we can give people an opportunity to participate in their democracy. Exactly. Is that what it encourages you? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, you don't know what's going to, you know, none of us know the future. We don't know, you know, 10 minutes from now, let alone June 28th or, or you know, in November. Uh, if there's another, you know, God forbid, but, you know, pandemic uh, situation or, if you know, just get a, a common cold, uh, any number of things. And if you have college age kids who are away from school and they're, vote, they're not voting when they're, you know, I've had that situation with my, my kids and they're in, it's like, Hey, there's one more hour of early voting and, and we didn't have our ballot by mail. Got to get in and get you to vote. Um, this is just covering your bases. And you, then you have the backstop of just going in on Election Day. But I've had people say they have got caught up in Chicago traffic, couldn't get to the polling place and missed voting by five minutes. They could have avoided that by having the ballot still sitting at home, get it in the post box by midnight. Well, and and. 
one thing I forgot to mention, you and you all had looked at uh, other states where there is uh, robust ro- vote by mail already. And if we use the experience that those states saw and apply it to our voting population, we calculated something like 200,000 extra votes could be cast in right. this upcoming election. That's going to swing every election going forward. And again, looking ahead to next April, everybody take a look at your property tax bill. Look at all those uh, different divisions and agencies that account for 80% of that. Um, if if there's a um, fiscally progressive side you know, that you don't agree with that are opting in, they're, they're going to have 50% turnout. And I've said that on both sides, it's been traditionally 15, 16%. So, um, you know, either, you know, either we have to ramp it up some way, one way or another, but otherwise kiss goodbye all of those elections and people that don't agree with you, that don't govern the way you want to, are going to win every election locally and then trickle it up to the statewide elections, you know, forever because they're going to opt into these permanent applications and it's just going to be easy. They're going to get their application and vote. All right, Jim. Well, anything else you think people should know about voting by mail or the upcoming primary or any of the research that we discussed? First and foremost, vote. You know, and, and you know, I know every, a lot of people do, but you know, let's get those percentages up so people that are representing how we all live in our households are governing uh, us from the governors to you know to the state house to local you know boards, schools, and so forth. Um, and then, secondly, uh, you have nothing to lose by taking. The application by mail, and as we've kind of discussed thoroughly, you have many opportunities to either exchange it or, but either way, you're going to get your vote counted. All right. Well, Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To keep up with all of our work at the Illinois Policy Institute and to sign up for our newsletter, visit IllinoisPolicy.org. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Policy Shop.